This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. They're two almost completely different players, but they, they are in a sense, right? Like, you know, you can just see how much promise there is in that in that line if we play the right way and, um, you know, how much potential it is. And um, so I'm looking forward to building on that. It seems like we're only getting better. We've, we've had tons of chances, and, um, you know, we were lucky to pop a couple there last game. So hopefully we can build on it. Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, Nick Ehlers there. Kyle Connor talking about his uh, most recent line mates. Of course, this is going to change over the course of a season. This is just what it is right now, and it's working. Uh, Ten combined points over the first three games. Cam Poitras, Jim told Jim, how you doing? I am well. How are you? Happy Thursday. Happy Terrific Thursday. Thursday, 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 Thursday. Connor McGahee, uh, play-by-play voice of the Colorado Avalanche, a friend of the program, is going to be joining us at 1245 as we look towards the game today. Morning skate not going on for about another 20 minutes or so uh, in Denver. Uh, pre-game at 6, puck drop at 8, right here on 680 CJOB. So we'll uh, get you the latest from the morning skate in about 20 minutes' time. Before the show is out, we'll get you the latest uh, on that. Um, uh, comments coming there from Kyle Connor. Uh, about his line mates, uh, Shifley and, and uh, Nick Ehlers. I mean, what do you think? Is there a ceiling for those guys, Jim? I mean, is, is there a, a point where it's just like, well, you know that things are going to change. Like, it's not for the rest of the year these guys are going to be set up as a line. There's going to be injuries are going to come in. You know, maybe a, a period doesn't work out. You try to mix things up. You're trying to get chemistry with other players. Um, where do you think this this line can go? Or um, the, can they continue to dominate? Uh, or at least off, run off uh run the team offensively over the next little bit here, especially I don't know. on this road trip. I don't know if this line's going to change. Hmm. I uh, Gabe Velarde's on the second line now. Yeah. Uh, he would be the guy that would go up to the top line. I mean, if they struggle, I could see them trying to get somebody else up there to make it go or get somebody going. But I think if Nick Ehlers was healthy further than two games in the last season that we would have saw him on some top line stuff and top power play. I wonder if this line changes. I wonder if they don't just leave it the way it is and uh, go forward like this. I'm, I don't know. Like it's so. Why would it break up? Because of injury, like you said. If one of them gets injury, injured, you know, maybe the the team goes through a tough stretch over a period or two. Say the they, line goes three games without a point. You've yeah. got to get somebody going. Yeah, I, I don't see how this team, this line, even without getting a point in a game or two, will not look good together. Mm. I I think this is a loaded up number one line. And in my, in my feeling in the NHL is when there's a loaded up number one line, it stays together because the other lines are good. Yeah. Um, so if it struggles, I could see them, but I don't see them struggling for long periods of time. I don't see them going a week and a half without getting something going. I could see them going a game or two without yeah. having some chemistry, but this is a highly skilled, highly talented, loaded up top line in the National Hockey League, in mm. my, my opinion. Um, but to your point, you know, there might be some games. Maybe Gabe Velarde looks better up there because yeah. he'll do more corner work and more stuff in front of the there, net. There might be a yeah when you, there needs to be more of a, a net front presence or something like that. And I think everyone just you know Velarde needs a little bit more time, maybe a game or two more to kind of get his legs under him after missing um, that period of time with that strained MCL. Uh, but Paul, it, Paul Maurice used to put Nick Ehlers on a third line, to, and that wasn't on Nick Ehlers. It was to try and get some secondary scoring going yeah. down there. I, I don't think they have to do that with this lineup either. So, no. I mean, Mason Appleton has 15 points in 24 games, six goals, nine assists. Cole Perfetti is absolutely cooking on that second line. 
Um, Nemesikov gets healthy and comes back in there. I, you know what I was looking today, too? Um, was that uh, Morgan Barron? I mean, he's got six points. He's got four goals so far. Yeah, he's got to I mean, keep pace with his brother, who's <laughs> yeah, a defenseman. Yeah, exactly. Come on. But, I mean, that's I mean, those are some really good numbers uh, from some of the depth guys. You know, when, when, you, when you have Morgan Barron, uh, you know, chipping in four goals already this early in the season. Um, and we're just going to wait and see. And, and of course, the uh, the chemistry and the lines are, are really starting to really solidify themselves. Um, this is interesting, Jim, and I, and I saw this. This is from Bruce Garriock. Uh, he's a Manitoba boy himself. I think his, his uh, dad's from um, Portage of Prairie. Um, and this was in regards to sort of the, the defensive the thing we were talking about yesterday. Uh, GM Brad Treliving. Um, this is just part of the, this article on him. Uh, teams have been kicking the tires on Winnipeg Jets defenseman Logan Stanley. I think they've been kicking the tires on him for a long time. Uh, the 25-year-old's making a million bucks and is an RFA. He's rugged and can block shots. It's fair to say the Jets aren't shopping Stanley, but that's not stopping league executives from calling to see what it might take. Is well, the, is I, there that a, doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I don't know if they're shopping him either. I don't think so. And it goes to our conversation yesterday about would they package it up? Would they try to get rid of Nate Schmidt? Would they do something? Mm-hmm. I just think that if they're playoff bound, they're going to keep as many defensemen around as they can. Yeah, and, and that's just what I think. It, 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 but I look, Logan Stanley is not playing. It does not mean he's an awful defenseman. It means he's not as good as the top six that they have mm-hmm. or waiting. Yeah. A lot of teams in the National Hockey League, I shouldn't say, well, a lot, some teams in the National Hockey League don't have that luxury. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this to you. Could he fit in in the Edmonton Oilers lineup? Probably. Could he fit in? Definitely San Jose yeah. and stuff like that. Like, there are teams where he would play every day, mm-hmm. regardless of what you think of him. Yeah. Um. And so when, when a guy like that, as an RFA, and he's only making a million dollars a year, is sitting in the press box... Teams call. Teams go, what are you doing with this guy? Mm-hmm. And would you take a fifth-round pick for him? I don't think if – and the Jets are probably going a fifth-round pick to deplete our depth. Not right now, yeah. no. There might be a, a situation when they get closer to the playoffs that they need a guy with his size. I mean, and they need a little guy with bite. I mean, that's something that I think the Jets are uh, preparing for. Uh, tough road trip coming up here. Colorado kicking things off. It's going to be followed up by those uh, three games. Uh, kind of a, a, a weird setup here where they're going to Los Angeles – um, to play the Ducks on the 10th on Sunday. Then they're going to San Francisco, the San Francisco Bay Area, to play the San Jose Sharks on the 12th, and then head back to Los Angeles for a, a game on the 13th and a back-to-back against L.A. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, I think that's their first uh, back-to-back this year, mid, mid coming mid-December um, on the road, which uh, is might be music to the ears of, of Jets fans, where that seemed to be a very big commonality here. They do have a good schedule this year compared to the last yes. couple of years. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, what do you think about this road trip here? Well, this is a tough one, and yeah. I, I think this is a test. I think somebody texted us um, uh, a day or two ago and said this road trip will define their season. Yeah. This will either propel them. They have had a back-to-back um, previous in November uh, Buffalo, Arizona. By yeah, but that one was at, that was at home. Right. I'm yeah. Sorry. The on the road. road yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I agree with that. Like, I, I don't think it'll define the season, but if you're playing Colorado, Anaheim, San Jose, LA, Colorado, Anaheim, sorry, not to look past anybody. Yeah. But Colorado, LA are the ones that you need points out of, and you should get points out of Anaheim, San Jose. And when I say should, you, you, you need to. Now, if you get points out of Anaheim, San Jose, and you get, a point or two out of Colorado, LA, mm-hmm. 
that propels you. If you don't get points out of Colorado, LA, and then fail to get some against Anaheim and San Jose, yeah. I could see how this would really drop you down in the standings in a week's time. The Ducks are an interesting team because they played a lot of teams real hard this year. They're not good enough to make the playoffs. They still have a lot of holes and they have a lot of young guys. They're on their way. But um they're not they're not the team they were last year, that's for sure. And uh, they've they've really shown up and they've given a lot of really top teams a, a, a run for their money. They had a big streak to kind of kick things off in the year, um, and then have kind of you know fallen back to where I believe people expected them to be. Um, but they're not they're no slouches. They're not a team that you can just sort of look but look past. San Jose, I think they've won four of their last six or something like that. Um, so they're playing better, but. The fact is how they started off there. They couldn't have gotten any worse there. They were getting pumped 10 nothing, 10-1. And the Kings, that's interesting because uh, they're going for 11 games now on the road uh, tonight, uh, looking to win their 11th and 11 straight on the road here. So that's that's going to be interesting. But uh, They were down 3 nothing in Columbus and came back. Columbus. I'm so sick of those guys. <laughs> I'm sick of the Columbus You, you had some disdain when we were talking Columbus yesterday. Yeah, no, I have disdain for them. I'm just so ups- I'm 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 just sick of them. I'm sick of the their constant finagling and trading and acquiring good players, and there's nothing happening. They when you look back at it, not all at once, but sometimes they had a lot. But when you look back at the talent that has gone through that organization and for them to be where they're at right now is and all you have to do is look at the Jets. Here's something we haven't talked about yet, but yeah. Remember the fever to blow this up? Yeah, it was big. Like the whole get rid of everyone and rebuild. Mm-hmm. And Mark Chipman did the interview while well, he was on with me um, in the afternoon after the season started, but also with Darren Drager. And he said, rebuild gets thrown around way too much as something that. that's just something you do. It's not. It doesn't take two to three years. No. And all these people who think that, and I, I shake my head at it when they're like, trade three or four guys, get about six or eight picks, and in two to three years, you need seven of those eight picks to pan out and you need them all to get paid and you need them. It doesn't work that way. Well, I have a, there's. So the idea, my yeah. point is, is to look at the Columbuses and look at the other teams that this team is playoff bound right now. Yeah. They're seventh or ninth in the entire National Hockey League. Now there's a ton of runway left in this season. Mm-hmm. But you don't blow things up just on a whim. Let's talk about that. Hold on to that thought. Let's talk about it after 1230. We'll give you the latest from the morning skate, which gets going at 1230 our time uh, here uh, in Winnipeg, of course. Uh, pre-game gets going at 6, puck drop at 8 right here on 680 CGOB with the Jets at the Avalanche. I want to talk about the Avalanche. I want to talk about yeah. Dallas. I want to talk about the Central Division. We'll do that. And where the Jets uh, specifically sit. And, and can they challenge? Are they a, the best team in the Central what do you think? 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. This texture says, how did Columbus ever get a team? I think it's, a, I, I hear nothing but nice things about Columbus. People love Columbus, not just Johnny Gaudreau, Paul Maurice, who lived there when he was yeah. out of coaching. I know a ton of people that Columbus as a city is an awesome place. It's also um, one of those bigger cities that didn't have a professional team at the time. Yes. You know, right between Cincinnati and and Cleveland. And I had a buddy who went there in the expansion draft out of Dallas and got picked up there, and they walked into um, like a brand-new facility, a $20 million practice facility, and he said, like, it's still Ohio State football. Yeah, they're Buckeye. It's big. But that's fine. Like they have their following. It's a great town. But I understand the area and the city itself is a great place to live. Yeah, they got a big they got a pretty decent fan base there. There's no question about it. Let's take a break. Let's come back. On the other side, we'll talk about some penguins and the penguins. 
What's going on there? Team only meeting. Oh, yeah. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. The Pittsburgh Penguins right now failed to convert on their last 33 power play attempts. They went 0-7 against Tampa yesterday. The record of the worst ever failure in power play attempts was 0-41. That was set by Toronto. Um, 0-41. 0-51, actually. Sorry, 50. it's worse. 51. Uh, P- uh, Pittsburgh's 11-11-3, and 25 points, three points out of a playoff spot. They're getting good numbers from their stars. Jake Edsel, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Eric Carlson, uh, Chris Letang. They're performing. They're doing what they're supposed to do. It's their depth. Um, since 2016, they've made 42 picks in the draft. Of all those players, there's only a combined 197 NHL games from all those picks since 2016 that they've combined to play. 80 of them are from Philip Gustafson, who's with Minnesota now, and 106 are from Kalen Addison who's with the Sharks now, was traded for Minnesota. Speaking of that, you want to hear their two power plays? Malkin, Crosby, Gensel, Latang, Eric Carlson. Yeah, How is that thing not scoring? But their second one is Carter, Eller, Russ, Smith, and Pedersen. They should be finding a way to score. And That's their bottom six, though, right? They're 197 games power play since they- 2016. That's what their combined NHL games are for the, Peng- the Penguins. Contrast that with the Jets. 1,103 NHL games combined. Their drafting has not been up to snuff. But you win three cups since 2009. That's cap. Cap issue hits your depth. Yeah, we'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Skylar Peters. Thanks, Hollywood. Uh, The Jets just taken to the ice of the morning skate. I will give you the latest information on that when it becomes available. And also, again, Connor McGahey, voice of the Avalanche, play-by-play voice, will be joining us at 12.45. What's going on with the injury riddle Avs? We'll get to him and get uh, the latest on the Avalanche when he joins us after 12.45. The Central Division, Jim Toth. The Central Division. Interesting. What First do you think? we should read Terry's text. Okay, yes. Okay, let's get to Terry. And Terry, I love you to death, buddy. Um, hi, Cam and Jim. Well, Jim, I hope you're happy now with the Oilers' performance. They've won five in a row. Beat the Carolina Hurricanes 6-1 yesterday. Now you can focus your attention back on the home team. Thanks, Terry. You know what? I've been saying that to you, Jim, off the air. I didn't want to embarrass you, but, you know, the Oilers talk. It's just getting to be too much. Well, they were the first team to fire their coach this year, so it's been a bit of a story. <laughs> However, even with their five-game winning streak, they now are 10-12-1 and one, and six in the Pacific Division a point behind Seattle, who has three games in hand, and two points behind the Calgary Flames. The problem when you dig yourself the hole the Oilers have is you have to win five, six in a row out of ten probably the rest of the season to get in. They are still six points out of a playoff spot after winning five in a row. That's the reality of the situation. But they do owe us a gift basket or something for getting them on the winning ways for talking about them so much. Yes, exactly. So... And I will always sign up to go on cheese. To talk like a little Oilers bashing. Gift basket, or are you I, a sugary guy? I no, no. I'm a savory Portly guy. Fellow Bosco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it uh, no, it's the sweet treats that yes. uh, that get you going. You're uh, a weak young man, I think, and uh, <laughs> the sweet tooth. Bosco is your password. Uh, why do they call it? Why do they call it Ovaltine? <laughs> It was a um, great quote by Rod Brindamore uh, on the yeah. bench for the TNT broadcast, I believe it was, when he said, we're on our way to we lose 50 to nothing. We're not doing anything like we play like and stuff. 
Um, full credit to the Oilers because Warren Fogel had a couple goals last night. That's what they need. Yeah. They need depth scoring is to get them going and stuff. I'm still not sold. Like, they are in tough. Now, if there is a team that could pull this off with the firepower they have, they do. But Stuart Skinner is the key here. Yeah. If Stuart Skinner can keep playing well, five wins in a row, that's going to get them there. I just don't. They're going to have another lull, and um, but good yeah. for them. Like they got the new coach bump, and 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 they're going along. But when you say the Central Division, so here's the thing yeah. that we are talking about. Uh, Jets have a game in hand on the Avalanche, who have 34 points. They are tied with Dallas at 24 games played, and um, they have 31 points and one point back. Jets are 14-8 yeah, and two have 30 points. Yeah. I said at the start of the year, I think this team is third. I didn't think it was a wild card team. I think it could be as good as third in the division because yeah. I didn't like Arizona, St. Louis. Yeah, I said uh, third. I was wondering about Nashville. I did not like Minnesota and Chicago at all. I thought Nashville might push. I think they're going to be in third, but Colorado's had a lot of injuries, and I don't want to take anything away from them. I, they're still a very, very good team mm-hmm. um, at 16-7-2. Dallas is the one that surprised me this year. Yeah. I thought Dallas not only would win this division – um, but would run away with it, win it by six, eight points, uh, to be honest with you. I think they're that deep and that much better than Colorado. They give up a ton of goals. They have 71 goals against and 83-4. Comparison, mm-hmm. Colorado has 73 goals against, but Colorado has 90 goals for it. They yeah. score a lot more. Um, and second, then when you high, have the, yeah, second highest scoring team in the league next to Vancouver, tied for it. Yeah, and the Jets have only given up 66 goals, and they've scored 77 the plus differential in goals for and against for Colorado is plus 17. Dallas, it's plus 12. Winnipeg, it's plus 11. Winnipeg is on pace with the Dallas Stars. They've won two in a row. Dallas has lost two in a row, and Colorado's won one. Mm-hmm. Now, they do have a game in hand on Colorado, do the Stars and Winnipeg. Is it possible that the Jets finish higher than third? It's possible. It's also possible they finish in a wild card. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also possible they don't make it. Yeah, I mean, these are all possibilities here. Um, I think it is. I think it is, Jim. I think if we stretch this out over the course of the rest of the season, I think that the Winnipeg Jets do have uh, that potential. I mean, th- these are all going to be real tough games, especially against the Central Division here coming out. Uh, but to say that the Winnipeg Jets, listen, and the goaltending is starting to come around. You know, Connor Hellebuck, yeah. perennial slow starter, um, you know, everyone was talking about his save percentage. Everyone's talking about his goals against average. Well, guess what? It's climbing at a very, very rapid pace now. And we all knew that this was exactly what was going to happen. His numbers were going to go back to where they average out over the, over the course of his career. He's a Vesna finalist three times and a Vesna winner once, uh, for a reason. That's not just a, that's not a fluke. He's not under overrated or anything like that. Connor Hellebuck is for real. So that's where I attribute some of the the 66 goals against there. That's going to start to going to start to even out. And now if we see this top line continue to produce at the at the pace they are and they do get the secondary scoring like they have been from the second line with Cole Perfetti and uh, and and Gabe Velarde, once Gabe Velarde gets his legs going, you have the third line as well who have been really really solid and then have been when the Jets needed them chipped in offensively in 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 in, in droves at some points. And then there's going to be, you know, Morgan Barron, as we said, he's got four goals already on that fourth line there. And, you know, Vladislav Domestikov has been, has been great. Has 15 points. That's right. So here's my thing. Like when I said, I thought the jets would finish third, it's because I thought they were better than the teams behind them, but I thought they finished third too. Cause I didn't think they were on par with the Dallas's and the Colorado's. Yeah. I know it's early. It's just, you know, over 20 games in, but they're on par with the Dallas's and Colorado's. Mm-hmm. So when you said today, like we should talk about this a bit in the West and, and especially the central, 
that's a good question. Like, do you feel they can push Dallas or Colorado for second or higher? I, I mean, well, I know a lot of people are going to watch this game tonight and go whatever the result is. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. I, I don't buy into that. Injuries play into it, like you said. Yeah. Colorado's really banged up and has been throughout the year. Um, but so is the Jets. They've missed Velarde. And um, so I just, now Nemesikov is out. I, I don't know. Like, I, I just thought... You know, Dallas would win the division and, and possibly by six or eight points. Mm-hmm. I thought Colorado would be second, and then behind Colorado by four to six points would be the Jets. Yeah. I think it's fair to look at these standings and, and how they're scoring and what they're giving up um, compared to the top two teams and say, now the surprise, of course, is Arizona at 13, 9, and 2. Do you think that that's going to continue? You think Arizona They've won can stay five there? in a row. Uh, I don't think it's going to continue, no, I don't but either. they work hard. And Tyranny, the coach, has done a really good job. Kelly Moore was speaking to him when Arizona was here yeah. and talked about what a great job and feel that he has for his team and, and is such a good communicator. So um, that is a surprise. You right, know, the, right now they are pushing the Jets for third. Is it difficult to play? place to play right now in Arizona. The fact that they are where they are is pretty outstanding. I mean, 5,000 fans. I mean, maybe, maybe once the puck drops on it, but... I mean, maybe that helps that they're all so young and it is like they're in college or junior. I I don't know. I mean, but they're getting a lot out of them and they've won five in a row. Minnesota's on a four-game heater too since they made the coaching change. But I I just, like I said, I I thought it wouldn't be close to the top two, but I didn't think it would be a wild card either for the Jets. That's where they're at. But it's a fair discussion to have. I don't know what to make of Dallas. They're not bad. They're not playing poorly other than giving up four goals. That's too much. But they just don't look like I thought they would. They're just not as good as I thought they would. But they're not bad. Like, they're still a good team, which is – I understand I'm talking both sides of the fence here. You know, Pete DeBoer in his first couple years has really got – I mean, just look at his record with the teams that he's been with, with San Jose, with Vegas – um, with the Devils, uh, he he comes in and he gets a really a lot out of his players in the first couple of years, but then things start to really trail off. In eighteen, he, he doesn't have a long show. He does. Peter Borda goes goes on a team. He does not have a long shelf life. In eighteen games, Jake Ottinger has a nine eleven save percentage and a two point six seven goals against. Yeah. In eighteen games, Connor Hellebuck has a two point four nine goals against average and a nine twelve. So yeah. Ottinger's nine eleven, Hellebuck's nine twelve, but the goals against is better at two point four nine to two point six seven. Connor Hellebuck's been the better goalie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from uh, Mitchell Clinton, um, of course, here on six eighty CGOB, the Radio Color Analyst with uh, Paul Edmonds. Uh, line rushes in Denver. Uh, Connor Shifley, Ehlers, Iafalo, Perfetti with Velarde. Perfetti down the middle with Velarde on the wing. Uh, Nita Ryder, Lowry, and Appleton. Morgan Barron with Gustafson and Janssen Fialbi on defense. Morrissey DeMello, Dylan, and Pionk. Sandberg with Stanley, Chisholm, and Schmidt. Uh, that uh, that pairing there on the bottom. We're going to wait to see what happens. Are they going to run 11-7 again? Um, is Chisholm going to play? Is Schmidt going to be the scratch? We don't know what's going to happen there. We'll hear later on. Uh, stay tuned here to 680 CGOB for the latest there. And Hellebuck is in the starters net. Now, if you're wondering what's going on with Vladislav Nemesnikov, well, Nemestikov, who Rick Bonus said was doubtful for today's game against Colorado, isn't on the ice for the morning skate. So, um, yeah, very, very doubtful to play today. Let's take a break. Let's come back. What's going on with Colorado? What's the injuries like? 
Is there going to be some guys that are going to find their way into the lineup? Are they going to get an injection of some talent? Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Pre-game gets going at 6 o'clock. Puck drop at 8 right here on 680 CJOB. The Winnipeg Jets, third place in the Central Division, taking on the first place in the Central Division, Colorado Avalanche in Denver to talk all about it. Joined now by Connor McGahey, voice of the Colorado Avalanche, uh, play-by-play voice. Hey, Connor, how are you doing? Thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, Cam and Jim, this is uh, this is an absolute yes every time the invitation is out there. No problem. How are you guys? Don't say that because we'll call you every single day to talk about things like the Penguins' power play now and stuff, just to fill the oh, air. Oh, well, you know, it, I, I strangely would be okay with that because at least somebody would be calling me. <laughs> it's always a pleasure having you on, and that's why. He brings the entertainment, not just the knowledge. That's absolutely right. Oh, uh, goodness. Uh, Connor, uh, the big story coming into this game, or certainly what I was looking at, a lot of Jets fans, and I'm sure a lot of Avalanche fans are uh, as well, well, I know for a fact, uh, was the injury report. Uh, who was on the ice? I mean, Kale McCarr, Valerian Nikushkin, all those guys. I mean, Bowen Byram, he went down and, and Tuesday didn't return. I know that he wasn't at practice. He was watching from the bench. So what's the latest on the Colorado Avalanche and some of the players? Uh, will they be in the lineup? Well, we'll start with the forwards. Uh, Valerian Nikushkin is still not feeling well, so he, uh, he uh, I don't think, will play tonight. Um, second game that he's missed. Andrew Cagliano is back in. Um, Nathan McKinnon, who blocked a shot uh, sort of in the latter stages of the game versus the Ducks, stung him a little bit. Um, he did not participate in morning skate, but he will play tonight. McKinnon will. Uh, on the blue line, Kiel McCarr missed the last two games, but he is back in tonight. Bo Byram left in the third period with an upper body injury, which was not his head, thankfully. And we all know his history there, so that was good news. But whatever it was, um, he has healed. He has been healed. And, and Bo Byram will be back in tonight. And uh, Sam Malinsky, the youngster, uh, will, will uh, continue to uh, play on the blue line there. So, um, so the Avs get uh, Cagliano, Byram, and Kale McCarr all back uh, for the game tonight versus Winnipeg. That is exactly what the Jets fans were hoping to hear, that everybody's coming back for this big Central Division battle. I aim to please. I aim to, you know, at, least I didn't, at least I didn't say that Val, Arturi Lekkinen, and Gabe Landeskog were all coming back tonight. So you don't, you know, and there, you were, there's still reason to rejoice. Okay? You, you were gentle about it. You didn't say yeah. that McKinnon said that, you know, I'm not ready, but I'm coming back tonight because of the Jets, just to stick it to him. So. Um, but speaking of that, Connor, I love to get, we were talking about the West. And, and so, you know, the Oilers, the Oilers, we talked about, about that. But especially in the Central Division, I kind of had Winnipeg around third. Some people had them around a, a, a wild card spot. But I had Colorado and Dallas running away with this division. I know it's early to run away with anything. But where are you on the top three in this division and, and how they played? And especially Colorado with the injuries. I think we're on the same page because I think that, uh, I mean, and remember, it came down to, literally the last two minutes of game 82 last year in Nashville for the Avalanche to win the division. And it took a Nathan McKinnon hat trick in order to do it. Um, but, uh, I mean, Dallas pretty much, I mean, the top three teams in the central have all made their auditions to, uh, play Jekyll and Hyde in the school play. Right. Uh, I mean, Dallas can be, you know, Jay Cottinger, the sheriff in town and, and nothing's getting through there. And then, you know, they can, go and get shut out in Tampa Bay. I mean, for example, we were in Dallas, down 3 nothing in their building, Jake Ottinger starting, and we come back to beat them 6-3. to three. 
Um, Dallas beats Tampa on home ice eight to two, and then they go to Emily Arena and get shut out. Um, it, we lose on home ice to St. Louis eight to two, and then the next home game come back and beat Anaheim eight to two, and then we, the the Jets have been. I don't know. I, I wouldn't call them streaky, but maybe that's a word. You, you win five in a row, and then you lose three in a row. So, um, But I still do think those are the three best teams in the Central Division because uh, obviously Minnesota has had their woes. They're benefiting from the new coach bump at the moment. Um, Nashville playing their best hockey, which I don't think is sustainable. I mean, even though UC Soros uh, you know, could be a Vesna finalist again, um, and then we all know what the, the deal is with Chicago. I guess one of the outliers would be St. Louis. Uh, but, again, they haven't struck me as a team um, that could, frankly, as good as the Pacific has been this year, even be a wild card team. So I think we're on the same page with Colorado, Dallas, and Winnipeg, um, as it sits right now, being the three best teams in the Central. Now the Jets uh, uh, taking on the Colorado Avalanche at home. What's been working five in a row, nine and two overall? Uh, just home cooking uh, been good for the team? Yeah, and it, it's, again, Jekyll and Hyde. We went from setting an NHL record going back to last year, winning 15 straight road games, and then getting shut out in three consecutive road games. Uh, yeah. and, and basically having one of the, not the worst, but a, a subpar home ice performance last year. And now it's sort of back a little bit. Um, the Avs scored power play goals in nine straight games overall. Um, they've scored the first goal in the last seven, but when it comes to home ice, there just seems to be a little bit more jump. I mean, the avalanche have not benefited from the road scheduling early on. And, uh, I think that finding that energy in some of those games has been kind of, kind of the problem. And that has not been the case on home ice with the exception of that eight, two loss versus the blues and uh, and a last-second loss versus the Seattle Kraken on a giveaway behind the net. So um, I just think that the the main reason has probably been energy. And now you're getting into a month where you play 15 games. You're pretty much every other night, uh, with the exception of one back-to-back, and that comes next week when we go there and then come back home to play the the San Jose Sharks. But as, as we all know, the NHL is about... Uh, habits and rhythm, and I think that the home schedule in particular has shown more of that than the the road schedule so far for Colorado. Well, we have about a minute left, Connor, but wanted to ask you about the goaltending, both who's going tonight, but also that's been pretty good for the for the Avalanche this year. Yeah, Georgiev will get the nod again, uh, leads the NHL and wins 14, and uh, I mean, he now has uh, 201 career starts, 84 of those, including tonight, have been with Colorado. And um, when it comes to your when your your first 84 games, uh, he has more wins through his first 84 games than Patrick Waugh did here in the Mile High City. So uh, anytime that you have beat Patrick Waugh to some sort of record, that that usually shows that you're you're okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, things and are going in the not right only direction. That, but it will incense Patrick Waugh. He will come out of retirement <laughs> over this. And, and just don't, I, I didn't say it, okay? It was not. <laughs> the, the Connor McGee, Avalanche play by play man, joining us. Connor, uh, have a lot of fun tonight. Enjoy calling the game. We'll do, friends. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Always uh, great to hear from you, Connor. Have a great call. Check in again later in the month uh, for sure. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.